This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lesson of sports. Man, I have a big question burning on my mind today, and that's this. Most people in the NFL are three years and out, but somehow you manage to play and play at the highest level for 17 years. So I just got a question. How'd you do it? <laughs> That's no. all. You need to know. How'd you do it? <laughs> just tell me. No, no listen. Um, I, I wish I can tell people seriously that the only thing that kept me around was my work ethic. And so what happened was when I created it early... When I got to the league, I started to run into people. And it's hard to skip directly to the league, right? Because when I got to college, I was around work ethics that at the University of Miami, man, you oh my gosh, the, 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 the athleticism, the talent. And so here's the difference. There's a bunch of talent that you will see. And okay. you will see people blazing fast, can jump high, can vertical leap, and can, can, you know, lateral movement. You can, you see the most amazing things ever. And then the thing you pay attention to the most is how consistent is it? Yeah. And so when my work ethic kicked in is when my consistency of touching the ball every play for 17 years, doc, <laughs> every play in practice, to the ball, back to the play, back to the play, call the defense, go back and do it all over again. So every play, what you say, you you're say you go down and touch the football at the end of No matter where it was. Okay. If, if it was if it was a, a, a pass for eighty yards and they run in the end zone, I run to the end zone and touch them and sprint all the way back to the second that to, to the next play, the coach calls the next play and I line up again. Holy because cow. Be, because I did that, I, I took that as my conditioning. I said I said if it was one thing that nobody will never be able to do in this game and that will flat out be outwork me. Yeah, you may you may block me and I may get hit, whatever, but you will not flat out outwork me. And so when you think about so I get into the league, I never forget this. Eric Turner man, oh my gosh, rest in peace. He was, to me, the man that when I got to the league that I wanted to like mock and be like. Okay. He was that type of guy. And when he walked on the field, him and Stephon Moore, 
another guy by the name of Larry Webster. And I and these guys, they, they took me in as this, as this youngster and just said, let, let us take care of you. Let us mold you. But then I had my own thing. I had my own thing coming from Miami because our swagger was crazy. Right. And, right, and, right. and our swagger was based off pure confidence and what I know I can do. Right. And so when I started to realize, wow, going to the next level really isn't hard if you already have a work ethic. Right. What's hard is the book. What's hard is the studying. What's hard is now understanding that this 100% a business okay. and not just college. You ain't going to classes no more. Okay. Right? When you get to the league, it's 100%. This is what you do. So when I got here and started running around, I said, wait a minute. If I can do this now, do you imagine how long I can play this game? If this all I got to do? So I used to always <laughs> make this joke to people, right? It's like, man, you know, what does it feel like playing linebacker? I said, listen, they told me my job is, is this simple. Find the ball and hit somebody. That's easy for me to do. <laughs> for, for a long time. But that's what, and that's how simple I made work ethic to me is that I didn't, when I started looking at games, I used to tell Isaac and them, don't come to me about no contract. I don't know nothing about no money. I want to play football. But I mean, listen, I love hearing that because when, when, when you, it's, it's simple, it's something that is doable for people. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's tangible. Other people can hold on to and say, it's not the most about being complicated. It's about doing the simple things right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that, that, see, at least that's encouraging, but it's interesting because why do so few people, if it's so clear and it's, and it is simple, why do so few people actually make it like that honestly honestly because every every accomplishment starts with the decision to actually try it okay every everything you accomplish you got to freaking say i'm gonna try it yeah and you got to be willing to fail Mm. see because when you're willing to fail there's no fear 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 leaves you immediately when you're saying i don't care about failing too many people, I think, concentrate on that failure. They're worrying about what right. everybody else thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what nobody else think about. Right, right. What I do care about is me and you. And you got to watch me. It's one thing you'll never be able to say. Is he cheated the game? Is he cheated? Because if I cheat the game, I cheat myself. Yeah. The 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 the, the greatest crime I think I've ever seen athletes pull off is that they cheat themselves yeah. out of time that you can never get back. Right. That's why when you spoke about starting out, you said three years. Right. Three years. Now the span that went down, the average career last two and a half years. Wow. I stayed in Baltimore 17 years in one city. <laughs> and I will never leave my city. My skin itches if I put on any other color. <laughs> right? I can't I can't put on no other color because it is it's it's what I knew. We weren't we weren't popular. We were we weren't we're not a big market. We're not like Pittsburgh history. That market is huge, yeah. right? So you got to ask yourself what made Baltimore or what made me different was I said they will remember me. They will remember me. Yeah, and that's when I started to really hone in. I never forget um, Stephon Moore, man. His work ethic on how he used to practice. So a bunch of those guys inspired me because I used to just watch them. Okay. Right? And then I started to 
what I believe kids don't do nowadays because a lot of kids now, a lot of athletes now deal off 100% skill. Okay. Skill one day may fail you. Right. Right? Because the assignment may not go right. You, you yeah, suddenly yeah. go on. But if you give 100% effort, I told my son this other day come from a phone conversation we had with his coach. He was like, listen, this kid is special. He gives me everything I want. I mean, and, and the next thing he says, he says, but, you know, it's kind of one thing he does that, you know, he kind of goes into this Debbie Downer type thing, you know, to where he, yeah. he's down on himself and his body language shows that he's down on himself. And I said, listen here. I, he said, and then he said, the first thing he said, please don't tell my dad. Please don't tell my dad. And I told him when I got on the phone. I said, listen here. Don't that. That's one thing. Don't ever let me pick up a phone and have to talk to come have a conversation about. Yeah. Because of work ethic. I, we, we, I built you for that. Right. We, we run day in and day out. We, we, we don't get tired. That, that's his motto. Right. We don't get tired. Right. So let's not even go there. So if something else is distracting you, then we need to have a different conversation. But don't ever let a coach call me talking about work ethic, man. Yeah. Because that right there is what is why kids in today have options. There's no freaking option. I I agree with you. I agree with you a thousand percent. Look, I had my daughter out uh, two days ago playing basketball, and it was like ninety something. It was high humidity. It was in the middle of the afternoon, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's eleven years old, and she was she was getting to the point where she's tired. Like I understand that. I said, look, and I looked at her. I said, listen, I understand you're tired, and I right. understand it's hot and it's not very comfortable. But the what kind of father would I be if I said right now, okay, let's just quit. Like, what would I really be teaching you? Mm-hmm. And I hear you doing the same thing with everybody. You not only do it with your with your children, but you've done this with people for years, mm-hmm. which is I can't let you. Like You've picked up the ravens and carried them um, because you say, I won't let you. I won't let you. I, I say to my daughter, there's some words, you know, people, if other people can say curse words. You can say some curse. There's some words you can't say in our house. And that's the, I just said one of them, which is can't. I won't let her say can't. Absolutely. Instead of saying can't, I'd rather you say, I haven't done that yet. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But your, your drive, now you've seen people through the years. So you had people you emulated. You saw work ethic in others when you got to the league. Were there anybody that stood out for you that you said, man, that, that's they got to work ethic? Man, listen, I'm telling you something. I don't think I ever, I think I, I was blessed to run into Shannon Sharp and Rob Wilson at the same time. That Okay. I don't know if, do you remember that commercial? But Rob Wilson, what was the guy who used to have the commercial with the shoe? He said, uh, man, he said, this is Rob Wilson's shoe, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was in freaking junior high school when I saw this shoe. And I'm like, man, that's freaking Rob Wilson, man, you know? And then I get to play with him. And I never forget, man, we're in the weight room one morning. And Shannon asked me, he said, he said, Sugar, he called me Sugar. He called me Sugar, everything. <laughs> he said, Sugar, he said, what you want to do? I said, Shay, I'm trying to be the greatest to ever do it. He said, okay, meet me here at 6 a.m. Now, Shannon said that. Rod said, okay, Shannon going to teach you with weights, but I'm going to teach you with running and your speed and yeah, flexibility yeah. and yeah. all these things. And I'm like, really? Wow. And I started to watch their systems. But when I started to watch their systems, it made me go all the way back to my rookie year and remember a conversation I had with one of the closest friends I've ever had, which is Benny Thompson. Benny Thompson grabbed me 
And I have never saw a more passionate guy in football my rookie year mm. than Benny Thompson. But it was flashes of Benny and Rod and Shannon. Okay. So when I so when Benny told me every morning, man, he on the step I said, this before training camp practices. We got two practices <laughs> training camp. And this is when Ted Marjabroda had us out there, I mean, for hours. Yeah. Full pads, no breaks, <laughs> right? So now, you know, think about how I feel about the camps now. Right, right. right. Totally. You don't even practice. Really? I could have played till I was 45. <laughs> you know? but, but, but he was able, but Benny was able to give me something that, as a young guy, you make up in your mind how much work you want to put in. Right. Right? But there has to be a science to it. So I took what Benny did. And what Benny gave me was, I said, okay, I'm just going to do something different every day. Okay. So the jug machine came my thing every day. Stepmaster became my thing every day. The biggest thing for me was abs. Okay. Abs was every day because I believe abs is the engine to the machine. Okay. Abs is like the, 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 the car engine in the car. Okay. I always use the analogy with a car and, and, and a body because once you get the abdominal system right, man, you run for days. Well, I like that. I like the idea that it's the known as the core and your core is so strong. You're, you're strong to your core with your drive mm-hmm. and your, and your work ethic. So you saw, so you saw Shannon Sharp had you pull in one direction. You had Rod Woodson pulling you a different direction, and you're learning from both of them. And them two couldn't get along. <laughs> not, 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 not right in front of us. They, they best. We, we all best friends. We all three best friends. But them two just, you know, they, they're, they're both alphas, so they just kind of go at each other. So right. I was the middle piece, right? <laughs> so he's like, "Sure, what you think?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Don't be fooling me in this." So I was like, "Man," but but what started to happen was we started to train together. And I never forget, I started watching this guy, and they didn't know I'm paying attention to them, like closely. Right. And I'm saying, Rod, you gotta be tired. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm seeing him, he just sprint. And I'm like, man, what? And then I then I did some homework, right? And I was like, dog, why you why you get all this running style from? <laughs> you know? And then he started to, you know, I ran track at Purdue and all this stuff, you know? And that's what I'm picking at Purdue. Like, Purdue? That's a school? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm messing with him about all this. And then Shannon, Shannon took me in the weight room. And I don't know if I ever saw a strong individual in my life than Shannon. Really? I'm talking, bro, listen, I'm telling you, this man gets up on the weights. And <laughs> I had to change my mentality. I was like, Okay, I'm doing something wrong. And that's when one of the first lessons I learned, honestly, about what you, and this is a valuable lesson for these young kids and and people in general. The body only produces what you give it. Mm. If you feed it the wrong things, it ain't going to go long. It ain't going to survive long. Right. I'm young. I'm 23, 24. So I'm still eating. Fried chicken. I'm stopping by Popeyes. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting boxes of Popeyes. I'm getting biscuits. Everything. I'm, you know, I'm shredding it off. Shannon, he eating dry turkey breast, green beans, no salt, no pepper. <laughs> he got a glass of water sitting up there, and I'm like, that's all you gonna eat? Like, really? That's all you gonna eat? And I, and I started to realize, you know what? It's just bigger than the physical. Uh, than the physical, yeah. It's much more. There, there's a bunch of components to it. Um, there, there, to, there's yeah. something you did though that that is that's like this is a key. I think in in champions in the greatest uh, of all time 
These are the, the common theme. When you saw what you weren't doing, instead of feeling bad for yourself, instead of looking to say, oh, no, he's doing this, you just said, okay, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do better to mm-hmm. get there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important lesson for young people to learn, which is when you see people doing something that you haven't yet done, then say, okay, what's it going to take for me to get there? Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's that's powerful. And, and so you were able to set your ego aside and say, it's not about my ego, it's about what can I learn from this person? Yeah, I said, feed me. Yeah. I said, I want to know more. Like, I wanted to know more. And that's what I think, you know, bro, we got this, you know, nowadays, man, these kids and everything, it's this big ego thing, right? Like, yeah. but that's what, that's what knowledge and wisdom is. Right. Knowledge is to be gained. Wisdom is as you gain it, you have to access it. Exactly. Right. You have to then use it, apply it. Exactly. And that's what, that's where wisdom comes, right? Knowledge is, remains knowledge. And, and and so the moment I started to change, so now, you know, it's been, what, 20 years that I've, 15, 17, 20 years since I ate beef or pork. And once I gave these things up, listen, people can do what you want to do. But I went, I studied my blood type. I started studying other things. I started getting really technical on what it means to, to, to go overboard with eating the wrong things, drinking the wrong things, all these different things. And then I started realizing that when I started... Watching for results, what I'm trying to tell people, if you want real results, yeah, follow somebody who's come before you, twist it a little bit to fix your routine, right? And man, it'll change your entire life, right? Yeah. But the groundwork's been laid, and that's you, it. And, and and that's the I think that's what I get amped up about. Like, you're la- literally right now for anybody listening, you are laying the groundwork of what it takes to be successful mm-hmm. in the long term, mm-hmm. not just in the NFL, but in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the life. NBA, in life, in anything, in any sport, yeah. in any in any aspect of life. It's, it's identifying some people. So first, you know, you identify people who you can emulate. You say, I want to watch these people. I want to mimic what they're doing. Uh, it's then setting your ego aside and being willing to actually do that. You know, everywhere I speak, I always say, ask people, I say, how many people in this room believe that you still have more to learn, mm-hmm. right? And every time everybody's hand goes up, right? Because everybody can say, well, I have more to learn in life. Yeah. But then I say to you, what happens then when somebody disagrees with your thought process? What's the first thing you do? You think you seek to defend yourself mm-hmm. rather than open yourself up and learn. Mm-hmm. And if you can really approach life in a way that you can open yourself up to learn, right. then now, you, now you're opening yourself up for greatness because now you're ready to, to take in what people have to offer. See, listen, oh, doc, oh my gosh, you got to understand this. You got to understand this. We're ethic. From year one to year 17 doesn't change. Mm. The only thing that changes is how you put it together. Yeah. That's it. So so that's why I walk in. I walk in. You see this pen and pad right here? People can't see it, but you see it. Yeah. This pen and pad stayed with me for 17 years. Yeah. I walked in and out of a meeting for 17 years with the with the switch out a pen and the pad. I wrote down everything I ate, everything I did, every meeting I had. And every year I would get a different coach or somebody would come in there and they would say to me, you still writing down stuff? You wait a minute. You you've been the 10 Pro Bowl <laughs> and you still right now because it's always something. You can learn always. That's why work always. ethic for me always became the easiest thing for me to do. Yeah, 
And right? you're, hung, you're hungry to learn. Like, I, I, I feel that the same way in my own life. Like, I constantly want to know more. Yeah. Like, I want to know more. There's so much out there. Right. I think it's interesting because uh, when a lot of people, so I taught at uh, a university for a long time. I was mm-hmm. a tenured professor. I taught people who were undergrads, people who were getting their master's degree, and then doctoral students. And what I found was when people were getting their master's degree, a lot of times they would come in and feel like um, they already know everything. But then finally, when they get to their PhDs, they would start the programs and go, wow, I realize how much I don't know. And when Mm -hmm. you realize that now learning now is even as you phrase it, wisdom now can come in because Mm -hmm. now I realize that I don't know stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think a message that's powerful for young people is to hear is to be able to set that ego aside and open yourself up for that because the, 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 the formula is simple. Like you lay it out for people. You just literally laid out what, what you do for 17 years. But the question is now, can people follow through with it? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I started off talking to uh, I, I work with uh, college teams all over the country, and I'll say to them a story that uh, Chuck Pagano had told me about you about how you had that pen and pad all the time, and you and you you've talked about it before on here and saying that you were always looking for that one thing that you didn't know, and you know the fact that you had that meant that you stayed hungry, mm-hmm. and I think people get complacent. Well, I made it here, so now I'm like I'm in the league, so I'm good now. Or, or you know, I did it. I got to the NFL. Oh, listen, listen to this, people. If you ever want to do anything great, your comfort zone must be disturbed, mm. because we are we are systematic when it comes to things that we latch on to. Systematic, yeah, right. The alarm clock tells me to get up. I got to get up, right. right? Car don't car don't got gas. I got to go put gas. I don't got the right clothes. I got to go get the clothes. Systematically, but when you step away from the system and you say, "What is majority of people doing? What are majority of athletes doing?" So I started watching what majority of athletes was doing, and I started doing the opposite mm. of what they were doing. Wow. And I started this at 24 years old. Wow. So I said, Marvin Lewis, I never forget, he asked me, he said, what do you, I said, Marvin, I'm trying to be the greatest to ever do this, man. I don't see how, I mean, like, there's no other way, like, to be able to the, to say, I'm coming out here, I'm going to be the greatest. You you set your mind to it. If you're going to do it, you do it 100%. You throw yourself into it. I don't care if you are sweeping the floor. I don't care what you're doing. You put yourself into whatever you're doing 100%. And uh, just coming back for one second to this idea of watching people and learning from people. Um, I can't get enough of this because I see so many kids, young, young men, sit in a college room and say, oh, I want to play in the league one day. Or even rookies in the NFL. I want to you know, have a good career here. But then what stops them? Like, why weren't people following you into the film room extra study time? Like, what, how were you? Were, were people surrounding you or were you finding yourself because on your own? Because of distractions. Our world is full of distractions. Let me tell you something, man. You know how much pulls people away from doing what people don't see? Because it's yeah. never the workouts that you actually do. It's the workouts that you don't do. Mm. It's never the film sessions that you are, 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 are attendance in. It's the ones that you're not in attendance in. Yeah. 
It's never the means that you're on time for. It's the ones that you're not on time for. Yeah. That was that was my key. My ingredient to 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 being the professional for year after year after year after year was make my not only my work ethic as with the physical, but mind, body, spirit. How do I write this up? How do I look at it every day? And how do I apply it every day? That's why I don't believe in alarm clock waking me up. Mm. If I ain't waking yeah. up on purpose, right. if an alarm clock is, is the reason I got to get up, then something else is off in my life. I agree with that. I definitely agree right? with that. And, 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 if, you, and if you believe, well, I need it. No, you don't. Yeah. What you need is to set your mindset to where you program yourself. Right. Right. And, 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 and so that's why when we think about how, how, what we're trying to teach, Doc, we got to start teaching people as, as, a, as a community together. We got to teach people on how do you get up and become consistent. Discipline requires you to do your very best even when no one is watching. Right. And doing your very best doesn't mean that you'll be at your best every time, but it does mean that you'll be, you'll be doing whatever it takes to be the best in that moment. So for wherever you are. We're going to take a break and and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can do way more than what you believe you can do. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So I uh, I had heard a story about the Navy SEALs 40% rule, and mm. it, it really reminds me of everything I've ever learned and seen with you. And so what happened was this guy, he basically, he, he went to, he went to, on his race. I guess it was a, a uh, he tells a story about how he, he had five or six teammates, and they all had to like uh, run a little bit. They all broke up the race into pieces, right? Relay race. But there was one guy who ran the whole race by himself. He said he and his friends came with like massage therapists. They came with all kind of food. He said this one guy was standing there with a bottle of water and some crackers. And he said, that's all he had. And so he said, I had to talk to this guy. So he goes up to the guy afterwards. He finds out he's a Navy SEAL. So he said, Look, the guy's telling the story. He said, man, you know, I was doing well in my life at the time, so I wanted to hire this guy to come to my house, train me. So he said he came to live with me for a month. And he said on day one, day one, this guy, this Navy SEAL said to him, I want to see you do pull-ups. So I got up there and I did four pull-ups. He gave me 30 seconds. He said, go ahead and do some more. He said, so I did three pull-ups. He gave me 30 seconds. I did, this time I did one. He said, and I said, that's it. That's all I can do. And the Navy SEAL said, okay. We will not leave here until you do 100 of them. 
And the guy's like, wonder, my God, we're going to be here for days. And here's what the Navy still taught him. He said him with a 40% rule. He said, when your mind says to you, I cannot take any more, I cannot do any more, mm-hmm. you are actually only 40% capacity, which means you still have 60% more to go. And this, when I heard that Navy SEAL 40% rule, uh, the first thought to my mind was you, because I, I've lifted with you. I have, I have lifted with you at times where I, my body, you know, I'm like about to throw up. <laughs> I'm like dying, but I, you keep me, you keep me going. You keep encouraging me, have me keep going. And that is a drive in you to me that, that got you to do the little things so great for 17 years. You know what, doc? I, I read this thing not too long ago, you know, like, there will be obstacles in life, you know. There will be doubters. There will be many mistakes. But I figured out with hard work, there are no limits. Yeah. None. None. That's the lie. I that people that. try to get you to believe that you have limits. When you become that guy. When you talk about what the Navy SEAL was able to teach, yeah, you got to understand what why why people give up when the when the first sign of pain. But but I, but I, but I, I, I want to introduce something to people, and, you, and and you've heard it me say it before is that sometimes we only feel the pinch, mm-hmm. but if we let go, it soon goes away. Right. There's joy on the other side of pain. Right. Right. There's there's something to be said about the moment you make up in your mind that I'm going forward regardless on what you say or how you tell me to try to you right. you don't dictate how far I go. Right. That's why that's why I never entertain haters too often. Right. Because my haters became my greatest motivators. Because when I started to hear things they were saying, I was like, wow. So you know what? Whether no matter what my my race is, you're going to hate me regardless. Right. Whether I pay for Pittsburgh or Baltimore, it don't even matter. Yeah. yeah. So guess what? They, they're going to hate no matter what. They're going to hate no matter what. No matter so, what. So, 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 so the magic in life is realizing that I guarantee you, and this, I, I want people to run with this. Because one thing I like about us is I like we give solutions. Yes. So let me give you a solution to all of the doubters, the mistakes, the the the, the detours you're going to find yourself on, the distractions you're going to find yourself going through. Find out what majority are doing and find yourself doing the opposite. And you will find yourself on a straight and narrow path. But even when you waver, even when you fall short, don't look at it as a as your life is ending. Look at it as that I will never make that same mistake twice. It's it, it's this is this is Robert Frost. When I come to two roads, I took the one less traveled. Um, every single person I've ever encountered defines themselves by the struggles that they had and made it through. Mm-hmm. So those struggles made us who we are today. Yeah. But what's so fascinating is when new struggles come up, we look at them like, oh, this is overwhelming, or I can't do it, or I have to stop now, or this is too much. When I look at a new obstacle, I say, great, Mm because this is going to be a part of my story. Mm -hmm. Like, this will be a part of my story. And when you see it ahead of time going into it, 
Now it's not like this overwhelming obstacle. It's like an adventure. Mm-hmm. And I always say like life's an adventure. Look at life as an adventure story. I had someone t- say to me the other day, this woman said to me, well, something went wrong and something's, uh, there's always something. And I said, well, thank goodness there's always something because that means you're alive. Mm-hmm. As long as there's always something, that means you're in the game. And that's a beautiful thing. We won't get to know the beauty unless we're able to go through the pain. That's so, man. Oh, man. I got to go here because I think it will really it will really give people an understanding. So, you know, dealt with some very you know, domestic violence things when I was younger. You know, my mom. And and so I never forget when I first started my push ups and sit up routine. I think the thing that came into my life very early about work ethic, about pain about me really recognizing that pain exists, right? And so I think that's one of my keys of defeating pain. I don't live like pain doesn't exist. Actually, I chase pain because in my areas of life and the places I've been, when you're okay with going backwards, then going forward isn't a challenge. Yeah. It's your journey. Yeah. Right? And so like that. and so what what's what started to happen with me was I wanted to make a I wanted to make a way that a man never put his hands on my mom again. Right? So it wasn't sports that really inspired me or drove me. Yeah. The, my my ethic came from a deep burning passion that my mom will never be touched again by a man the wrong way. You see? And so that for me became on Sundays for me, every Sunday for me was Mother's Day. Because that was my way I dedicated that to her. So when people started thinking about, well, why my efforts like this dude so passionate in this effort, because I remember what my mom looked like with black eyes. Jeez. And I vowed that it's a couple of things that will never happen in my life again. Yeah. And that was one of them is that I was like, don't ever cheat effort, man, because I was I watched the woman them on, on her last dime. Don't have can't feed us. Don't have gas in the car. Two black eyes, and I'm and I'm watching this, and I'm saying I will make a way, mm. and I will never. And that mama is one thing I will never do. I will never cheat. What I see you get up every freaking day and make a way for us, even when there is no way. That's why my work ethic burns, man. And that's why I'm trying to tell people: don't. I don't care how deep you gotta go. Everybody got it in them. Everybody. I love the way you honor and respect your mother. And I love the way you honor and respect the idea that when there are so many people out there that are doing it every day, so many people that will never get glory from it, that they are behind the scenes. They are taking their, they're, they're the dedicated moms. They are the dedicated dads. They are taking their children. They're doing what they have to do to sacrifice, to do what they can for their children. And I love, I've always heard you do everything to honor that in people. So it's, People will see what you did on Sundays, uh, and people will not a lot of times get to see what your mom did, all the effort and all the things your mom did. But that drove you, that gave you your vision, and that vision, we always come back to that vision, is why you're able to, your heartbeat ticks with passion, and you're able to just keep going forward and forward and forward. And so for you out there listening, you got to find a way to find that. What is that that drives you, that higher purpose? Whatever that purpose is, but what is that higher purpose? Because when you find that, then you see that you're not going to stop at 40%. 
you're not going to stop when you, you're not going to stop learning when you get to a certain point. When Ray talked earlier, when you, when you were saying earlier about that whole, uh, you know, I, I kept the pen and pad in my hand after all those years and people were saying, well, why, why you, you already know this stuff. Um, it was because you were always looking for more. It's that hunger. It's always looking for more, always looking for more. And, and, and you know what? I think it's the lowest, the lowest points of finding the solution to what happens when all odds, or I, I use a better analogy, what happens when the deck is stacked stack against you? Yeah. What happens when everything, that's the statistics, everything says you will not make it? Right. You're too small to be a linebacker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's that it became, and what I will challenge people, it became my every second and still to this day my every second of every day motivation man yeah well the question becomes whose narrative are you living are you living someone else's narrative so i like when you say earlier if find out what everybody's doing do the opposite are you uh, and you i think there's a question everybody has to ask is what narrative am I am I living out what other people are telling me life is or am I living out what I'm telling myself life mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. because when you live out what you're telling yourself you have control to switch it up you don't like how things are going rewrite your story Change rewrite your story, your story. Yeah, from this moment forward rewrite your freaking story yeah. and you dictate that yes. you dictate that that's we, see sooner or later sooner or later in life we got to all take ownership right you got to carry your own cross yes. sooner or later Right? Sooner or later, mama can't do it for you, daddy can't do it for you, brother can't do it for you, sister can't do it for you. You got to do you, 100% you. So that's why when people think about giving up and people think about dropping out of high school, people think about, have you lost your mind? Because you only get, this This is not a video game, dog. Yeah. You get one chance at life. Ain't no two, ain't no second and third tries. No. Can you, can you change things? Absolutely. But can you redo it? You can't redo it, dog. Right. And that's the yeah. thing that I think we have to really start to think about. And and I, and I think, honestly, man, it's one of the reasons why I, I'm now so open to sharing kind of my thoughts and my ways of living with people. Because I'm like, listen, I, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I did not have the perfect life. Yeah, I don't. I still don't have the perfect life. But I guarantee it's a couple of things that I will never submit to. Yeah. Ever. And one of them is what people say about me. Irrelevant. Yeah. You don't care enough weight to dictate my emotions. Right. Right? Not in my life. Well, I use that analogy from uh, Iron Man. He has his power source in the middle of his chest. Yeah. And I say, you know, if he was battling the the monster at the end of the movie, he's not going to take off his power source and hand it to the monster. He's going to hold on to his power. And one thing that we all need to do as individuals is hold on to our power. And when we allow other people, like the people that are haters, people that are just going to dwell and live in negativity and try to bring you down, when we live off of their narrative, we basically take off our power source and hand it to them. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I do a lot in teaching people just hold on to your power. Like, why give it away? And if someone's super negative, why would I? Why do they deserve to have that? Mm-hmm. If you're struggling in that much darkness, that much negativity, then why would I just hand you, uh, you know, this, my esteem, my self worth? Instead, yeah. I rather sh- hand myself my self worth and help bring yours up. Yeah. See, I think my work ethic, my work ethic stems from 
I found out what my greatest flaw was when it came to working out, honestly. And my greatest flaw was waiting on somebody else. Mm. Yeah, I would. <laughs> That's powerful. Because I would, I would, I would shape. Guys would say, "Hey, I'm gonna work out this time. I want to do this. I want to do that." And you say three o'clock. They show up three twenty. Yeah. Right. You say, "Let's eat this." They eat that. And then you started to, you really start to lose your edge because you you then say, "Wait a minute, man, I can't." I can't do this if I got to always fix this and fix. I got enough to fix in my life. Yeah. So when I really started to get really deep with my work ethic is when I stopped including people in it. Well, the key is it's my work ethic. <laughs> that's it's what I mean. Your, you know what I mean? It's not, and that's, 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 that's what that's I hear it. you saying. Yeah. It's mine. You're right. It's you don't mine. wait for the. I think a lot of times we look, there was a, there was a, 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 a kind of a neo-Freudian philosopher one time, and he wrote a book called Escape from Freedom. Mm. And the premise of this book was that mm. when we really realize mm. that we have complete freedom to choose anything we want in life, it kind of gets scary. So we say to ourselves, well, I'd rather have you tell me what to think. You know, I'd rather have you tell me what to do. Because the reality is we do have complete responsibility, complete freedom to do, to think what we want to think, act how we want to act. With that comes responsibility. Yeah. And that responsibility scares people. But I tell young people this all the time. You cannot escape the fact that you do have responsibility. So I tell this to, uh, to, to my college athletes. I say, look, you represent yourself, your family, your faith, your, your university, your team, and your entire sport. So when you do something, you're not just representing just, hey, listen, I was just a, I just made this little mistake. Like you have to have that honor in rallying for your, your, your for everyone, for you mm-hmm. to represent everything that you are. And my wife has a saying, she'll always say rally for family. And when you rally for family, you know that you have that bigger purpose ahead of time. That's and, and that's what it is, is about having a bigger purpose. So it, honestly, Ray, I mean, to hear what you've done to have a 17-year career is mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing. And then, and on one level, it, it's like I just I love it. I feel I always feel like honored just to be here, to be as close as we are, and to get to hear these and, and really understand it. And then and this other aspect, I get excited for people listening because when you describe the simplicity of the work ethic, it says this is something tangible that people out there listening can do. And so I think it's a gift. It's a gift. Look, when it comes to work ethic, there's nobody that's that's matched yours. But I think that what your message is, what I'm hearing you say is, it's possible if people have that vision. It's possible for people to do Listen, it. Listen, so when you live for a strong purpose, then hard work isn't really an option. It's a necessity. Mm. That's when it's purposeful. Yes. Right? Because when it's because that that's when it becomes not only purposeful, but it becomes personal. Yes. And when it becomes personal, man, that's an animal that you do not want to wake up. Right? <laughs> and that's what I tell people all the time. Leave me sleeping. Because if you wake me up, 
that's a whole nother per- that's a whole nother person, <laughs> right? That you're dealing with, bro. And that's what I'm telling people. What I'm screaming to people to do is find your identity. Yes. Right? Cause cause this is this this is the biggest two problems we have right now, Doc. Honestly. We are confused people are confused with the difference between my brand and my identity. You can't take your brand with you, but your identity lives with you forever. Yeah. And that's where we're stuck because a lot of us are selling the identity for the brand because the brand makes money. You see? Yeah, it's true. The brand, the brand keeps us relevant. It's true. We say, but really the only thing that really keeps you relevant is your morals, right? Yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am still is yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. Yes, sir. And no, sir. Says yes, sir. And no, sir. Right. Somebody tell me they're going to be here at three o'clock to work out. If you ain't here two, four to five, I'm starting without you. Cause I can't wait till three. Right. Cause I got something to do with four. Right, so if you want me to wait to three, and then you can hear three fifteen. Now I'm moved back to four twenty five, four thirty. Right. Now my day changes. Right, right. You give, yeah, you're giving up. You're your giving power. up your power. It, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm following right with, with your, with to, to what your purpose is. When you start giving away power, and you got to start watching it on how small, right, the situations are that you give them up because you don't realize it. Right, five ten minutes don't really matter to the person who it don't really matter to, but. To a busy person, a it person matters. who got a lot going on, oh, that matters. It does, right. right? So I, I used to sit in meetings in 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 in, uh, in, in, in uh, when I was playing, and never been late in my life ever. My entire career, never, maybe once, once had a flat tire, and um, and I sat in meetings, and I used to sit there all the time, and I used to watch coaches watch these players come in, and as these players come in, they'd be like, "You you seven minutes late." And I'm like, are you that bold? Yeah. To be that late? Like I'm I'm fearful. No matter who I am or what you want to call me, I'm fearful to walk in a meeting and be that guy that's looked at like that. Yeah. But that's what's that what that's what happens in life. Is that people steal some of these moments from you so much that before you wake up and realize it, all of you are gone. That's that's powerful. That's powerful. And when you when I, I want to come all the way back to when your first point of touch the football, yeah. because to me that's something that people can do. This is a tangible thing to touch the football. Whatever that is in your life, yeah. touch the football. Touch. It means that's a doable task. Yeah. That wasn't something that was just, that only the most elite, specialized athlete who can jump. 25 feet in the air can do. This is something that everyone can do. And whatever people out there are doing in their life, there's there's a football for you to there's there's a way for you to touch that football. So uh, listen, we this is this powerful to be able to hear how Ray Lewis survived 17 years in the league. Thank you so much for downloading the Tackling Life podcast today. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll get two all new episodes automatically downloaded every week. And please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by going to our iTunes page and giving us a rating and a review. For more Tackling Life content, go to raylewis.com and drchristianconti.com. Plus, you'll find us on Facebook. Until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.